Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. I'm Stu Sydenham, and welcome to episode 8 of Unexplained Online. In this week's show, we explore an element of near-death experience phenomena and what has commonly become known as the wheel. And before that, let's catch up with this week's roundup of strange and unexplained news. In this week's Unexplained Online News... A small town in Australia has been overrun by an enormous colony of bats, and frustrated residents have had enough of the annoying aerial invaders. The problem has reportedly been getting steadily worse over the last few weeks, as the population of flying foxes in the community of Ingham has grown to the point that experts believe that there are now around 300,000 of the creatures taking up residence there. To put that in some perspective, only approximately 4,500 people actually live in the town. As one can imagine, the bat infestation has caused a slew of problems for the community. Since the creatures have seemingly taken a liking to gathering in the town's botanical garden, many of the trees at the site cannot handle the weight of all the animals and their limbs have begun snapping from the stress. Meanwhile, a rescue helicopter attempting to land at a hospital in the town recently had to be diverted because it would have flown into a proverbial cloud of bats had it continued with its journey. And of course, with 300,000 of the creatures flying around each day, the ground below has become a veritable litter box to the point that local businesses and town workers are forced to clean up the bat droppings every month. Perhaps the most nightmarish aspect of the invasion occurs for about an hour each night and every morning when the animals fill the sky. The noise is horrendous, said a reporter, as she stood beneath the massive swarm. The smell is putrid and lingers long after the bats have flown away in the evening. With the creatures now moving closer to schools in the community, residents are concerned that children will get scratched by the invasive animals and in turn become sick. As such, some parents are threatening to boycott sending their kids to school unless something is done about the infestation. A recent video clip uploaded to Facebook shows what appears to be a bird hovering motionless in midair. The strange footage was captured by a family in Gallup, New Mexico, as they were heading to school. Some commentators have suggested the frozen object is a glitch in the matrix. Others think it may be a kite. Take a look at our website, unexplained.online, to see what you think. A diligent Loch Ness webcam watcher is being credited with having recorded the first official sighting of the site's legendary monster for 2020. Uh, Mr. O'Fadigan is a frequent viewer of the live stream that watches over the iconic Scottish location and has actually spotted what some believe to be Nessie on six different occasions. This specific incident reportedly occurred on January the 18th and was, was accepted by the official Loch Ness sightings register shortly after... He'd submitted some brief clips of the scene to the website. Detailing his latest potential Nessie observation, O'Fairigan said that there were no boats or birds to see at the time of the sighting. The object was at least four feet wide and maybe ten feet long. It was a shame the cam quality was not great at the time of the sighting. To that end, the proverbial monster hunter's footage of the webcam video is not particularly fantastic and really only noteworthy by virtue of being the first Nessie report for not only 2020, but also this new decade. That said, O'Fairigan opined that the sighting upends the theory that the creature is migratory and argued that the sighting on the 18th of January disproves this theory. Nessie, in my opinion, goes no further than the lock itself. If you'd like to subscribe to the full podcast, please search for unexplained.onlinepodcast 
wherever you get your podcasts. So what is a near-death experience? Anyone interested in the paranormal or unexplained phenomena um, will have heard of near-death experience. Now, Wikipedia explains what a near-death experience is as follows. So a near-death experience is a profound personal experience associated with death or impending death, which researchers claim share similar characteristics. When positive, such experiences may encompass a variety of sensations, including detachment from the body, feelings of levitation, total serenity, security, warmth, the experience of absolute dissolution and the presence of a light. And when negative, such experiences may include sensations of anguish and distress. Explanations for NDEs vary from scientific to religious. Neuroscience research suggests that an NDE is a subjective phenomenon resulting from disturbed bodily multisensory integration. That occurs during life-threatening events, while some transcendal or religious beliefs about afterlife, including descriptions similar to NDEs. Now, it's not a particular subject that really interests me. However, the following account that I'm going to read to you stood out from the usual kind of tunnels of light and, you know, the common reports that you get with this type of experience it really stood out for me so i thought i would share it with you guys a friend persuaded me to submit this account against my natural tendency on the matter i have no real interest in following it up or being contacted in any way it was a very frightening episode it's traumatic enough to be honest to recall it just once at length here but having set out to describe it i'll be as frank and as accurate as language can allow on the 15th of july 2013 at about 7:45 a.m i was on my way to work and approaching the intersection and getting ready to take a left-hand turn this is a notoriously dangerous intersection on any day, and there have been many accidents there. It's hard to see if the intersection is clear from the right, and the left turn is particularly hazardous. I was running late, and in a flustered state of mind. I had an important meeting that I'd been planning for carefully over a number of days, and really stupid delay at the last minute put all of that in jeopardy. It should also be understood that a much better traffic signal system exists there today than was in place at the time of this incident. I approached the intersection in a hurry. I looked to the right and I believed that I'd correctly viewed that nothing was approaching from the right, so I made the left turn. As I crossed the intersection, I glanced right once more and saw a vehicle heading straight for me at what could only have been in excess of 90 miles an hour. We saw each other. I saw the look in the other guy's eyes because we were that close. A collision was absolutely inevitable. There's no way in this earth that it could have been avoided. What happens next is extremely difficult to describe, but I will do my best. And this can be and must be taken to apply to everything that I'm going to attempt to relate from this point onwards. Words, even the most carefully chosen words, capture no more than 1% of this experience at best. And even if then very poorly. This is quite possibly the most frustrating thing about giving this account. Across from the front of the car on the left, in almost the opposite direction to the oncoming vehicle, was a field. I suddenly became aware of a very large object approaching slowly on a diagonal 
across this field. It was coming directly towards my car. Time was not functioning normally while this was happening, if it was functioning at all. I had the space to notice this happening, but I can't explain how I was able to do that. The object, when I first saw it, appeared to be about the size of a 10-floor tower block. It subjectively seemed to be about two or three hundred yards across the field. These size and distance descriptions are meaningless, however, as I'll try and explain in a moment. The object resembled a giant water wheel lying on its side and rotating as it approached me and my vehicle. As it got closer, this didn't take time, as we understand it. I saw that my first observation about the size was wildly inaccurate. It was more like the size of a small city. As it got closer still, I understood that all scale and distance estimates were meaningless. It was larger than what we think of as the world. As it approached me, I became aware of its power and significance. My mind interpreted this as being an up-close, giant-scale physical object. Okay, now this part is particularly difficult to explain. As the object drew near me, a kind of sensation came over my person and I knew exactly what this thing was. Not only that, but I knew everything that pertained to it, what it was, what it was doing, what its business was with me, where and when I had seen it before, why I was seeing it now, and many, many other things that I cannot now recall. I had seen the object before I was born, and I will see it again when I die. We all knew it before we were born. We will all see it when we die. But this information is eclipsed from us whilst we are alive. And that was why I was seeing it now in the experience, because I was in the process of dying in a fatal car crash. So we'll just cut in there a second and just have a quick recap. So this guy's left for work. Uh, he's on a particularly dangerous highway. He thinks he's checked and safe to manoeuvre. He's manoeuvred and he's going to crash. And then things start getting that little bit weirder from this point on. Where he's interpreting this sort of water wheel on its side approaching him from a field across the way. All time seems to have slowed down and he's, he instinctively knows exactly what this is whilst not knowing what it is. So we'll continue with the story and it's going to get a little bit weirder, uh, but bear with me. So here's what I can remember, as best it words can tell. This wheel wasn't something that moved towards me through the world or through reality somehow. That was an illusion that my senses were constructing for me. The wheel was was reality itself. It represented every conceivable possibility for a life or for a world that could ever be envisaged or imagined. As it approached, I became aware that what we call our world was contained within it. It was simply one of the numberless slots or paddles in the water wheel. It had always been so. My life, your life, our world, all of us, we were part of this wheel structure, and we had always been part of this structure. It simply now made itself visible to me. There then began the truly terrifying dimension of the experience. Words cannot even begin to describe the level of fear I experienced. The water wheel sort of rolled across me, and then across the place where my car was in the road. As it did so, 
and began to be hit by each of the paddles in the wheel. Remember that all of this is just a way of talking. It does not and cannot remotely describe the real situation as it actually was. But some sense of it can be had by imagining that in the space of each paddle, there was a kind of spinning film of water, like a waterfall, but on its side. Imagine a film of water being thrown outward from the wheel in each slot, as if by centrifugal force. Imagine being slapped or splashed by each of these films as you collide with it and pass through it to the next one. This is what was happening. Except these weren't just films of water. They were, for want of a better term, possible realities, or what we might think of as universes or worlds. Now again, our world, our entire universe as we normally think of it, was simply one amongst an infinite number of these. How did I know that there was an infinite number? I just did. A kind of known came with the event, and there was no doubt in this known. It was so, and I knew it was so. And because I had knowledge and understood what was happening in ways I can no longer communicate, I was afraid. I understood that I was about to be subject to a process that humans approximated with the term reincarnation. This was why the wheel had come. I represented a kind of discrepancy that had to be fixed. The event, or perhaps the imminent event, on the highway had caused me to slip out or fall between the paddles on the wheel. This structure had some kind of cosmic purpose of sorting things into their correct, natural place. I was afraid and resisted being sorted, so the wheel stepped up its aggressive attempts to sort me correctly. With this came another understanding that frightened me even more. I knew that unless as soon as I selected one of these realities to slide back into, that the wheel would coerce the situation by deciding for me. One way or another, I would be sorted, whether I liked it or not. If I didn't choose for myself, I would simply be fitted into a place at some nearest position in the wheel to the point where I failed to make the decision, if that makes sense. I was aware of having limited ability to choose, but not much. Even that limited ability wasn't much use because each reality slammed against me and through me before I could make much sense of what it contained. Even I did not remain the same from one slot in the wheel to the next. It was as if when each film broke over me, I was destroyed and made again from the ground up as a completely new self. There was no continuous me that travelled unaltered through the wheel and I can somehow report back on this experience. This is just one of the many things that is so very hard to explain. The very idea of a continuous self was contradicted by the experience itself. I have forgotten or perhaps it was deliberately suppressed the vast majority of what I saw in the various universes or paddles of the wheel. At the beginning, they seemed very similar to this world we inhibit, or believe ourselves to inhibit. For example, I have a floating memory of seeing various different scenarios of how the accident played out. I suspect that these were all nearby paddles on the wheel. In one of them, I remember seeing what looked like my vehicle thrown right off the road and so badly damaged that it looked like it had been folded in the centre, just like a pocket knife. I seem to recall many other scenarios like this that I can no longer remember. To clarify, what I mean is that I seem to file or flip through numerous conceivable possibilities for the outcome of the incident. I can remember doing this, but I cannot remember what any of these particular worlds contained. I have no explanation for 
why I fail to experience any of the phenomena usually reported with the imminent death situations like the tunnel, the light, and so on. I suspect that imminent death experiences are symbolic scenarios that flash just up as someone is entering or exiting the wheel, but before the situation has developed very far. At no stage did I see anything whatsoever that resembled what we humans would think of as an afterlife or spirit world or life after death realm. It's as if we are either on the outer surface of the wheel itself in one of its realized worlds or else we are dead and we are the wheel itself. The wheel is a space where all uncreated possibility exists but nothing completed or actual. And bear in mind that nothing was concealed from me. I was the all, and I knew the all. I certainly didn't retain or pretend to, but I knew it then. I began to grow extremely panicked. Each time I thought I was just beginning to get a handle on things, I'd be slapped over violently and ruthlessly into a new slot within the wheel, and a whole new me would crystallize, along with all the memories and assumptions that went along with that particular world. I remembered none of who I was just a moment ago in another paddle on the wheel. I had no memory whatsoever of where I'd come from or the highway situation in my world. I had zero memory of that world. I knew I'd come from somewhere, but had no recollection of where that was or even who I was. It was about the most bizarre experience thing that you could imagine. Somehow though, and I can only assume that it happened without any conscious action on my part, the possibilities appearing in the wheel began to narrow down and become somewhat more familiar again. Scenarios associated with the accident began to appear once more. And I say once more, but I have no real way of knowing whether this was a separate incident to what I described earlier on, or whether it was really the same incident because time was functioning so unusually during the whole episode. Again, I saw or seemed to see variations of possible world outcomes where I died in the crash. I seemed to understand intuitively that if I went into any of these, I would be there for only a few moments or minutes at most, and then would have to come out and face the wheel again almost immediately. I didn't want to do this, but there was an odd kind of known associated with that too. The wheel didn't seem bothered one way or another. It didn't seem to matter whether I emerged again three minutes time or three decades time all I cared about was sorting me and there was a kind of ruthlessness to that that I will not soon forget I found myself back on the highway in what seemed to be a very short distance back up the road still approaching the intersection this is just one of the many mysteries associated with the event that I cannot explain Did I choose a world which was a version of our universe in which the accident hadn't just quite happened yet, but was only seconds away from happening? I can't say, because I have no memory of making that decision. I remember the look on the driver's face as clearly as if it was yesterday, and I remember him bracing back on the wheel. But I braked as I reached the intersection, and that driver, or his car, was simply nowhere to be seen. So a very different near-death experience account um, where we have this cosmic sorting wheel. (laughs) Um, And that's what piqued my interest. It wasn't your normal near-death experience of a tunnel of light and 
and whatnot. Um, so do have a look at it. If you search for NDE, the wheel, you'll no doubt find yourself in a rabbit hole of accounts uh, online on the internet that you can read through and and enjoy. So quick shout out to people following us along on social media. I think on Instagram, we're up to about 528 followers. So I thank you for that. Um, if you could share comment on our posts to help us grow that is very much appreciated do check out our website unexplained.online where you'll see links to the things discussed in this show and the news pieces and i'm very excited that i have a question and answer session lined up with an author of one of my favorite books actually on my favorite topic uh, mike sauvier which hopefully will happen very soon and that will also kick off the mini series on the john Taylor time traveler saga um, which will happen very soon too thanks for listening